0: Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. Hey, could you thank the choir too? Thank the choir. Always good. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, the last couple of weeks have been uh, sharing with you some issues of, of vision. We believe that vision is a God-given goal that is attainable through the plan, through the power, through the provision of God. Vision calls us to action. Vision calls us to generosity. And uh, we're unfolding as we do Pretty much every year in the fall of the year, some vision of some things that we believe God is calling us to do. And we're talking about uh, launching a campus uh, in September of 2018, an East Campus. It would be Meadowbrook East. And I've shared a lot of detail uh, about that in the last few weeks. And, of course, we'll be giving you detail as things uh, become more and more concrete along the way. But we knew it was time. We knew that uh, after much prayer, research, consulting, prayer prayer, waiting in prayer, we have peace and knowing that this is the direction uh, for us to go. I don't like to do things. matter of fact, I kind of resist things, uh, doing things just because other churches are doing them. I want to make sure that we're doing something God would call us to do, and we want to do it in the way that God would have us to do it. And so um, we're we're throwing the lever, and here we go for a campus on the east side of of Ocala. I do believe there'll be others to follow. I've had somebody say, well, what about where I live? Let's do one at a time, okay? Let's do them one at a time and be led by the Lord on this. So, I want to share some things with you about that today. One of the things we're wanting to do today is to have a special campus offering, and at the end of the service today, we'll receive our regular tithes and offerings, and then included in that, um, We're going to receive a a campus offering. So if you're doing that today, and I've asked you to just simply go to the Lord and ask the Lord what you're to do. And you say, well, that work, it's worked and worked and worked for us. And it's actually a biblical idea. It's called a free will offering. So we're not doing pledge cards. We're not having a special dinner where I'm going to sit across the table and eyeball you and ask you, what are you going to give? Or, you know, we're not going to call you or come knock on your door. I just trust that you, as you ask the Lord, you know, if you want to hear from God, always ask him what he wants you to do or what he wants you to give. I promise you'll hear from him. And um, as we do this, then, a couple things are important. That everyone, everybody say everyone. That everyone do your part. This is a principle that must be woven through everything we do if we're going to have all the strength that we need to do this. Because everybody's going to give differently. Some obviously can give more than others. uh, But the thing is that everybody does their part. The Scripture likens the body of Christ. uses that metaphor, the body. And just like your body. How many of you have a body? All right. If you don't have a body, you're not allowed to be here, okay? (laughs) That's spooky. Uh, But you have a body, so you can relate to that, and you realize that my body is healthy, strong, and functional, and it is best when every part does its part. And so everybody, please, do your part. And that's we've done a number of campaigns over the years, and that's always been the success of it. I think God honors that because everybody's in. We're not looking for a couple people to take care of it all or to strain people beyond what they're able to do. Just everybody does their part, and that's what makes it work. The other important thing would be this is that your giving for this would be over and above. Everyone would say over and above. Uh, and that's because if you just divert your regular gifting, that does not help us. It actually hurts us, because that hinders the regular ongoing work of the ministry, which has to stay strong in order to to launch well. Um, I'm going to invite our uh, internet audience. On an average Sunday morning, we have close to 42, 4500, I think last week, watching by way of of internet, and so you're being fed, you know, by this ministry, you believe in what we're doing, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing and be prepared to give. So you can give online, you can give, um, you know, however you normally do so. If you're using an envelope or any of the online uh, formats, you can just mark this as other and just mark it as campus. Everybody say campus. Um, Roughly, it's going to take about $1.2 million to launch and operate for a year, the good news is we already have almost half a million dollars, and so we're well on our way. We're, we will be able to do this. God, watch what God will do. Amen? Amen. And uh, it'll be exciting. We'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> Wanted to say all of those things uh, now, and we're going to get into the Word. I want to share some underpinning ideas as, as we go along on this. And uh, I had a lady catch me uh, earlier. She's from up north. She's actually part of Harvest Chapel, which is uh, Pastor James McDonald. I, I love him, one of the great communicators of the Bible. And she was so thrilled. She about hurt me, shaking me, you know, saying this is so exciting because she said back, back home, back up north in Illinois, she said she was part of one of the campuses. And she said, it works so beautifully. I'm so excited this is going to be happening. And we know that is the experience that is ahead for us. So I want to share some things with you about that as we look at impact. Everybody say impact. Yes. Now, let me kind of segue. Christmas is coming, and I love Christmas. Um, I made the mistake the other day of going to Hobby Lobby with my wife. Not a mistake on her part; it was mine because I started seeing all these Christmas things that remind me of just being a little kid. You know, say, so "I want this," and I want that, and then she goes, "You can only get one thing." And I said, "You are not my mom." So now I'm getting nothing. So, no, but I love Christmas, um, and Christmas is a great time for some movies and to be sentimental a little bit. And one of our favorites as a family is It's a Wonderful Life. And in 1946, they made this movie, Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed. And in the movie, Jimmy Stewart, um, one of the great actors of all time, just lovable, Jimmy Stewart plays a a gentleman named George Bailey. And he has aspirations that he wants to travel the world. He wants to build skyscrapers and such. And uh, unfortunately, though, it doesn't happen for him. He watches his friends. He watches his family, his, his schoolmates, you know, go on off and chase their dreams and achieve success and everything. He kind of, through circumstances, ends up stuck in his hometown. Um, there's part of him that really resents that, and he has to take over his dad's uh, building and loan business. And you remember the his arch nemesis, the grumpy Mr. Potter And so there's ongoing drama with that. And then some bad circumstances happen with Uncle Billy losing some money and so forth. And so he's in trouble. And he's just in a crisis, desperate point. And it's at that point an angel shows up. And does anybody remember the angel's name? Clarence. And Clarence shows up. I love Clarence. So does that guy. And uh, and Clarence rescues him and then helps him to see some things. And essentially it's this. He's showing George Bailey what life would be like if he had never been born. So the question would be for him, you know, let let me show you if you'd never been here. If you hadn't rescued your brother. If you hadn't done this. If you hadn't been there for them. If you hadn't taken over this. If you hadn't bore the brunt of that. You know how different life would have been for a whole lot of other people. The impact would have been massive. You know, you think about that for yourself a little bit, and you know, what would life be like if if I had never been born, if you had never been born? It's a little harder for us to kind of see that, but I want to make the big step here, like Grand Canyon step now, and go from George Bailey to Jesus. What if Jesus had never been born? Now, don't think of that just religiously, but think of that practically. I mean, What would the impact of that be if Jesus had never been born? Well, I think, first of all, our eternity would change. Because he's the only way. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's the door. He's the way to the Father. He's the bridge. He's the only one that was worthy to be the sacrifice for our sins. No one else could have done that. That would have just been a murder. And so he went to the cross for our sins. He came representing the love of God and He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What did he want to show us? The goodness of the Father. Went to the cross for our sake, and then he was raised again from the the dead. And so not only is there the impact when we believe on him, which means we accept him and accept what he has done for us, that takes care of our eternity. And you do know that everybody spends forever somewhere. And he made the way for us to, to be in heaven, to be in the presence of God once we you know, we pass from this from this life. Well, beyond just eternity is in my life. I mean, just think about yourself. And we've been talking about how we've been impacted by the goodness of God in our life. How many of you have been impacted by the goodness of God in your life? And you know what? It's not just on the days where you're feeling spiritual and feeling grateful. You know, you're, you're aware of it as much as I am. There's those days where you hardly pray. You don't think about anything spiritual. You're not thanking God for stuff. And yet, what was he to you all day long? Good. He's good even to the unthankful and the evil, the scripture says. You know, and he's been, he's been good to you. Even when you were a hardhead, he was good to you. He protected your life. He took care of you. He guided you. He held things back from you and gave you the little nudge that you needed at that, at that point. He's been good to us. Oh, come on. He's been good to us. Well, beyond that, so beyond the impact of eternity, beyond the impact of his daily goodness in our life, there's something else that happened. Uh, His teachings came, which were the greatest teachings ever uttered on on this planet. And then beyond that, the impact of something that was born called Christianity. Now, and I want to clarify some things about Christianity today as we talk about this and where we're going as a, as a church as well. But Christianity, and Christianity has had an incredible impact upon every arena, every aspect of life on this planet. Now, our Western culture is more and more pluralistic, more and more secularized, and more and more, and let me be kind about this, biblically uninformed. Uninformed. So our world around us has no clue, no idea how much Christianity has impacted virtually every area of our lives. So I want to look at just a few of these and then tie something together here. For example, uh, just in Rome, right after the church was birthed and there were early believers, the early days of Christianity... Christians now with a new sense of value, a new sense of purpose, this new teaching coming from Jesus, realized the value of life and they would actually go. Historically this is true, they would go into places and in Rome it really happened where they would just throw babies out. We don't like this one, or it's a girl and we were hoping for a boy, and they would throw them out into the into the dump on the trash heap. And Christians thought, no, 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 no. And so they went and gathered, you know, babies. So the first orphanages, the, the first idea of fostering came from Christians. The first hospitals, the first um, feeding programs, uh, on and on and on. Because the mindset of the day was let the sick, let the poor, let the orphans, let them die. And these believers, these followers of Jesus, they said, no, 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 that, that's, that's wrong. There's a different way. And so they began to weave this into, the, into our culture, and it's everywhere now. The first universities were initiated, originated by believers. Concepts of liberty, justice, equality woven into government, institutions, business all over the place. Labor, economics, science, so many. So many uh, discoveries and inventions were made by followers of Jesus through the years who had actually asked God for answers and he would give them creativity and clever ideas. Music and art. So much of our music and art historically was birthed out of the church and out of believers. Holidays that everybody uh, uh, celebrates. Even though they want to mess with names of it and people don't want to say, hey, don't fight people at Walmart because they won't say happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, okay? Don't, don't fight them. Let it be to you what it is. They still call it a holiday, which actually means holy day, okay? And so it's all good. Um, words that are used, expressions, symbols, values that impacted ethics in labor, business, economics, justice, scientific morality, uh, literacy, education, free enterprise, civil liberties, on and on and on. Missionaries would go into uh, pagan or godless nations and see things that, you know, children needed help. Or in China, they came and and found that people or ladies were, were forced to bind their feet because the idea was women were prettier if they had these tiny little feet and so beginning at about age five they had to this torturous kind of wrapping of their feet which was horrible for their health horrible for everything and just some weird idea because some some guy along the way thought I think I like women with little feet you know and eventually it got outlawed there and, and believers says you know this is just not just not a not a good thing because of the light that we have, and the truth that we have, and the value that we have for life. Christianity is woven into everything. Look in Acts chapter 17, verse 6. Speaking of the early disciples, it says, these who have turned the world, what? Upside down have come here too. Actually, the believers didn't come and turn the world upside down. They actually turned the world right side up. Because the mindset was, we don't want this baby thrown away. That's upside down. You know, all the other, other things with even how business was handled and lack of ethics, lack of equality, lack of justice, all of these things. They were saying, no, 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 that's upside down. But from the world's vantage point, they said they've, they've turned it upside down, but actually what they were doing was turning it right side up. Now, look in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. The apostle Paul writes, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so, will do what? Will restrain until he is taken out of the way. This language here is not aggressive until he is taken out of the way. It actually in the New Testament Greek has more the idea of until he steps aside, until he stops restraining. So there is at work in the earth today the mystery of lawlessness. Look at me for this. The mystery of lawlessness, this explains why there's terror, why there's tragedy, why there's just pure evil at work in our world. We've had some horrible events happen across the world and even across our nation, shootings and so forth. Why does that happen on God's green earth? It's because on this planet at work right now is the mystery of lawlessness. Believe it or not, it's actually restrained. It's, it's not fully restrained, but it is being restrained. By who? By he. Who is he? The Holy Spirit. And he will continue to restrain it to some degree until he steps out of the way or until he leaves this scene. One of the most emphatic promises in the New Testament regarding the Holy Spirit is us and us is this, that he will never leave us. So if he goes, I'm going to try it again. So if he goes, We we go. That's what we refer to as the rapture of the church, the great taking away, the blessed hope of the church. We'll talk more about that in the new year. But this is the thing. Once he steps aside and he is taken away, we are taken away. And as one writer put it, and then the, the top of the bottle will be taken off and the liquid of lawlessness will be poured out on all, everyone, and everything. And that will be great tribulation. We, also, we have a taste of great tribulation in our world today, but we also have a taste of heaven in the world today. We have citizens of heaven in the earth today. That is us. That is us as believers. Now listen to me. Lawlessness abounds on this earth, but he, the Holy Spirit, is still here. And he's not just floating around. He indwells believers and he indwells his church. He is here. We are here. He is in us. The church is in us. And there's still much for us to do. And he is here to make impact. We're not to be these scaredy, sissified, religious weirdos that just kind of hang out and stay away from everybody. We are here for impact until the day comes that we're not here. Don't be deceived by the media. Wow, that's a loaded question or statement. But you would think everybody's evil, nobody's Christian. The majority of people in our country are. But we want to talk a little bit further about that. It, it all depends on who holds the microphone. And so that's where our information comes from. You can, you can check that out by going from channel to channel. It just depends on who's holding the microphone. And this is why you have to have the big picture of, of Scripture. And I want, you to, I want to repeat this to you. The Holy Spirit is here. He is in us. He is with us. We are here to make impact until such time as he takes us away from here. Are you with me? Now, all of that being said, I want to share some things with you. And the, and, and the, and the impact flows out of this, what I've shared with you the last two weeks. God has been incredibly good to me. God has been incredibly good to you. Could you, could you bob your head, do something, let me know. He's been good to you. Okay. And what it does, it creates in us, it generates in us gratitude. That gratitude is so powerful, it informs everything else in your life. It causes you to be generous. It causes you to care, to be compassionate. And what we want, the impact we want, is why we're here. The impact is we want others to taste and see that the Lord is good. We want other people to know of the goodness of God. Can I get a good amen on that? All right, tie all that together and let's look at where we are then. We're here for impact. We live, we're, at, we're right now on Southwest 20th Street. And we're on 80 acres that God has blessed us with. And God's been really good to us. 28 years um, of, of this church. And all that does for me, well, I lost some hair and stuff. But, but um, all it does for me is just reaffirm God is faithful and God is good. God is faithful and God is good. And he's been so, so good to us. But see, here we are on Southwest 20th Street in Ocala, in Marion County, in north central Florida. Now, I don't know what impact we can have beyond that. We're actually for free on television all over the 1040 window right now in India. We have missionary friends that have boldly launched television in India, and it's going all over the place. And they simply use our archives and get the message out. So we can have some impact there. But I'm talking about up-close impact that we can have, that I can have, that you can have, that we organized can have, and that we organically can have. Because the body of Christ is us individually and it's us corporately together. So let's look at Marion County just a little bit here. First slide, if you would. Let's look at the population. We started the church in 1989. At that time, the county population was 188,000. My wife and I have been talking a lot about that lately, lately, about how much things have changed around here and what all has come. And when we first came, uh, State Road 200, College Road, was just a glide. It don't glide no more. <laughs> and there's so many things you know, that are there and businesses that have come and gone. And so I can remember when just this side of the, of the interstate would, would be, or the other side, if you're on 200 and headed, headed west, there wasn't much of anything there. And then they, uh, there was a little trailer there that was for a fortune teller. And then on the other side of the interstate was a broken-down gas station that was uh, for scuba diving to get your tanks refilled. It had Sam's and Cracker Barrel, and we thought, we're in New York City. I mean, it's a <laughs> look at us. And then so much, so much has changed. 1989, and then census figures from 2015, it had jumped to 340,000 virtually doubled. By 2020, just a couple years away, almost just two years away, it will be up another 10% to 380,000 people. By 2025, it's projected to be 411,000, and there is growth growth, growth that is happening. I pray they manage it well. Second, next slide. Let's look at church attendance. All those folks, you know, 65%, this study was published in Ocala Star Banner a year or two ago, and then there are other studies that, that uh, support this. 65% of our population have no formal church affiliation. A little more recent projections suggest that 75% of our county population just don't go to church at all. Go ahead to the next slide. The state of churches. There are approximately 520 churches in Marion County. Um, Some closed, some open all, all the time. 520 churches. 95%, this is based on national trends and statistics, 95% of churches in the United States so I have to assume it holds true in Marion County are plateaued or in decline. Now follow this. Plateaued or in decline. Yet our population is doing this. And yet churches are plateauing and going in decline. 95%. We've got to do something about this. I said we've got to do something about this. Um, Studies show that of the population of Marion County, those that do attend church, 20,500 are non-denominational Protestants. That's what we are, I think. What does that mean? It means we're mutts. Seriously. You know, we're everything from Presbyterian to pirates. We're just, we're just seeking God with an honest heart. And got tired of the fact that labels limit. And I didn't want to jump through hoops anymore. I wanted to have a living relationship with God, and as I found that, I wanted to share that with other people. And God has blessed us and helped us. And for some reason we've got some favor, and we've got some momentum when many are plateaued or declining. And hear my heart, hear our heart. We're not in competition with anybody. We want all churches to, to do well. If, if they exalt Jesus and if they teach God's word, I am for them. I am cheering them on. I want to help them in every way that I can. We need all the help that we can get. If they're playing games, then it, it's not on my radar. But what we have to do is what has God called us to do. Go ahead to the next. Uh, who are these unchurched? Now, this, this should get you 250,000 plus, 250,000 plus are unchurched in Marion County. That's a quarter, y'all hear me? That is a quarter of a million people not going to church, not really headed in any direction toward God. That should bother you. That matters to me. That chokes me every time I think about it, that A quarter of a million people that are within range, within touch of you and I that we work with them, we work out with them, we play with them, we travel, we wave at them. There, There are all these people around us and I want them to know for themselves the goodness of God that can impact their life and can impact their eternity. Studies also show that 82%, over 8 in 10, are likely to come to church if they were just invited. And then 70% of the unchurched want religious instruction for their children. I've watched it time and time and time again. People just living their life, playing hard, doing whatever they're doing. And then they find out, well, we're going to have a baby. And it's a come to Jesus moment. And they want better for for their kids. That's a lot to think about. But this kind of shows us why we're doing some things here. Listen, we want to make it in Marion County. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell. And we want to make it easy for them to come to church. And we want to make it easier for people, for you, to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers to get to church. And that is largely the foundation of why we want to launch a campus in East Ocala. Listen, we're not responsible to be the only church in Marion County. We're not. We know we're not. We don't pretend that we are. We actually have some things in our heart and our plans of how we can nurture and boost churches in our community. To bring the spiritual water level up of this whole community. Well, we have to stay strong and do what God has called us to do. We're not the only church. We don't have it all together. We know that. But I'm telling you what, we're constantly leaning forward and finding out, God, help us to do church right. Because that is the bottom line for us. And... Beyond that, what we're called to do. We have favor on us for some reason. And favor is always for a purpose. Did you hear me? Favor is always for a purpose. And and we have responsibility because of that. We have responsibility to make a major impact for the kingdom of God here in Marion County. Can I get an amen from anybody on this if you're with me? But there's a problem. There's a problem. And the problem is Christianity as an image problem. There's a negative perception in our culture, in our world, in our country, and even in our fair community. There's a negative perception of Christianity and of church. Let me say this. God's not the problem. Jesus is not the problem. The Bible's not the problem. Can I tell you what I think the problem is? It's people who wear the tag Christian and maybe are misrepresenting or not fully representing what we 're really supposed to be in this in this world, so consequently, people end up rejecting Jesus, rejecting his good news, not interested in church, not i inter- 've been to church i 've heard about church, and there 's a negative perception, and we want to we want to re- rework this deal. we want to change perception This it 's important let 's look at this real quick there are three categories that church and Christians would find themselves in. I talked more about this in a series I did about a year ago called New View. But look at this real quick. We find ourselves in one of three categories. The first would be separatist, separatist. This is church against culture, church against culture. This tends to be very uh, harsh, very judgmental, very religious, church against culture. Second would be cultural. Cultural is church of culture it's just like the culture that it's in thirdly would be ambassadors everybody say ambassadors this is what we want to be ambassadors it's this is this is church in and for culture now the bible tells us clearly we're to be in the world and not of the world but we can be in the world and for the world why did god send jesus because he was for a lost and dying world and so what is the impact that's our subject Well, if it's church against culture, then the impact on culture is going to be negative. If it's church of culture, no different from the culture, that's like adding an an inert uh, ingredient into something that has no impact. But thirdly, church in and for culture, this has the potential of life changing, eternity changing impact. Church is always, always has been, always should be counter-cultural. You know, showing a better way, turning things right side up. But counter does not mean against culture. Counter is, uh, how many of you ever watch like Shark Tank? I love watching Shark Tank. You watch Shark Tank and they make an offer and they go, well, can I counter? And the counter doesn't mean I'm against. The counter means this. I want to offer something different. I want to offer something better. And that's what church should be in our community. The, uh, the early church was actually referred to as the way. Because what they were doing, they weren't commenting on everything in culture of the day. They were trying to show them a new and a better way. A way of life and a way that led to life eternal. Amen. <clears throat> church done right is the hope of the world. Church done right is God's plan A. And I want to commit this to you. And church done right is our sole focus. And I think when we do that, then people can get a new view. We can be ambassadors. What if we are ambassadors? What if we truly become ambassadors? What do I mean by that? That you live your everyday, authentic lives at home, in the marketplace, on the farm, in the factory, in the office, in the salon, in the gym, in the hospital, in the streets, in every structure of this whole community. If you and I just live out our life becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed aware of the goodness of God, got gratitude and generosity in us, that we're salt and light and we're sugar, I think it'll make a difference. And it will give people a reason to accept an invitation to church rather than a reason or an excuse to ignore an invitation to church or the things of God. So what if, what if we really live out what we say we believe? What if we really do become this? And, and I believe we are. And I believe that God has called us to do something. What if every time we come together, this is the happiest, most welcoming, loving, vibrant place people go to all week. Could we make it that even more and more? What if every time we come together, we actually lift up the Lord, not just sing songs or when are they are going to sing my song it, and actually realize that it's about lifting him up. You know, he said that when we lift him up in that way, he is enthroned, he is seated upon the praises of his people, that his power and presence would be here in a greater measure than it is now, that God can change hearts without a word being said or a song being sung or any interaction with anybody else or any kind of program, that God's presence would do that. And what if every time we come together we not only lift up but we listen up, that we faithfully teach God's word and receive holy information and go out and don't be hearers only but be doers of it? Be a blessed people going everywhere we go. Listen, it matters to me. It matters to me, and I believe it matters to you, that there's a quarter of a million people within reach of us that need to know of the goodness of God. That's why we're here. That's why we've been here for 28 years. And that's why we're going to be launching our first uh, multi-site campus in East Ocala. Details to follow. I just know this. I, I, I just know that the Lord is saying, now's the time. Let's make our first steps. I've watched him do things like this over our 28 years. Watch what God will do. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this? <laughs> all right. Real quick. We're going to receive um, our offering. This will include our regular morning tithes and offerings. And then if you're giving for campus, you can mark that, campus. And, um... Just ask you to be generous and just obedient to what God has. We're not under any pressure that we've got to make it all happen today. We just need a good, strong kickoff offering. And um, we're going to be, we need to just have it all together by the month of May. We can do this. We can do this. Let me pray over our offering and we'll receive that and I'll come back and share something with you. Father, thank you now. We trust you to speak to every heart, to provide for each one. And what we give, even what we give came from you. I'm praying blessing upon your people as they involve themselves with your house. Take care of their house. Thank you for what you will do in Jesus' name. God bless you as you give. This is our vision. It began with a dream to build a church now called Meadowbrook, whose name speaks of beauty, peace, strength, and longevity. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For He shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit This is God's vision for us A church made up of people who put their hope and trust in him They live a happy stable fruitful and blessed life and through this They can be a blessing to others. They are people who realize that living such a life allows them to fulfill their purpose to bring glory to God. I see a church whose doors are wide open. It is a family whose heartfelt desire is to invite and welcome home all who would enter. Jesus said, "'Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, "'and I will give you rest.'" Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just as heaven is a gathering of every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, the church I see is a multicultural and multi-generational gathering place representing a slice of our city. This church is committed to reaching the next generation. There is a battle waging for their attention, their souls, and their destiny, and this church will be ready to answer the call. The church I see would commit to serve all who enter with sincerity and love. This church would contain thousands of joyful and energetic people ready to facilitate environments for life-giving, life-changing ministry where people will come to know Christ we will prepare people to better understand how they are designed and gifted to become servant leaders, allowing them to find purpose and meaning. I see a church where the word of God is faithfully taught. It is a place where the presence of God is welcomed and honored by a people who express their gratitude through reverent and exuberant worship. This church will be a praying people and a place of prayer where every time we gather, we lift up and we listen up. The church I see invites the work of People Prepare and People Repair, helping people to move from where they are to where God wants them to be. This is our fervent prayer and target to please God and to help others. The church I see will gather in hundreds of groups throughout the week where they can connect and experience freedom They will be fully committed to doing life and ministry in such a way that promotes health to the entire body, knowing that healthy things grow. I see a church committed to furthering people's calling by providing an education system committed to inspire achievement, purpose, character, and faith, and a higher learning education dedicated to developing healthy leaders through hands-on training and academics. I see a large and growing church whose purpose is to influence and impact our community as far as we are certain that God would lead us. This church would be one church with multiple locations and campuses strategically positioned in our community to make it accessible and easy for all to attend. Excellence will be our signature on each location so they will know we are Meadowbrook. This church will be fully aware that it isn't our responsibility to be the only church in our city, yet we are called to make a significant impact for the kingdom of God in Marion County and beyond. This church will leverage and embrace technology to reach out with God's timeless truths throughout the world. I dream of a church that is a resource to other churches and ministers where songs, curriculum, programs, and training are birthed and developed. These will then be exported in order to empower others for maximum kingdom impact. I see people being the church, and each time they are released from a gathering, they will be placed by the Spirit throughout their neighborhoods and community so that the world around them could see God in us and through us, in turn, helping people to find peace on earth, transforming lives through the gospel of Christ. This is God's vision and our passion. Church done right is the hope of the world. Amen. We as Meadowbrook Church today step across the line of vision into what we believe God has called us to do. And I want to thank you for being a part of that. And I want to challenge you today. I just want, I'll remind you of this day. We'll, We'll be able to do this. Watch what. God will do. It's going to be an exciting year as we head toward the launch and see what God does. Amen. Stand with me if you would and let's pray and we'll be on our way. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you that we get to do this together. And God, we stand amazed already. Our hearts are stirred and I thank you as we're going to watch you in action uh, as you're expanding our hearts and expanding our capacity to reach people in Marion County and beyond. I pray blessing upon your people now. Surround them with favor, protection, and give them peace in every dwelling, every gathering, thank you for a great day in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed. Peace. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.